Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, I don't normally sound like this, and I'm sick. <laughs> oh, yes. But Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work for social justice. Yes, he normally sounds much better than this. Yeah. Uh, each week, we will bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want Interdependent Study to be a space where we are always learning with one another. That's right. Uh, and Damien, you're up this week, so what are you bringing to the table today? I am. All right, so I have brought, as you know, because you watched it, I did watch it. <laughs> a documentary to the table for us. And, uh, you know, spoiler alert right out the gate. It was great, right? It was so good. It was so good. Um, So I'm really excited to talk about it today. Uh, The documentary is called John Lewis, Good Trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's how you know it's good because good's in the title. Good's right there in the title. What more do you need? Um, And so if you want to check it out with us, it is on HBO Max. It's still there. You can watch it with us. And I would encourage you to do so because, again, it was good. Uh, But the the film itself was really a wide ranging look at the life and career of the late U.S. Representative John Lewis, who passed away uh, back in July of 2020, which feels like forever ago at this point. I didn't know it was that long ago. 2020. Wow. Um, And it really was, I think, an incredible look at an account of his life and legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it was a really great film because it was full of so much. So it featured interviews with John Lewis himself, uh, right out the gate it opens uh, yeah. with him talking. Uh, it, it it features sort of him reflecting on moments from his life and his career. Uh, the film also had archival footage of his work on the front lines of the civil rights movement, right? Yep. With activists and leaders and icons like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Julian Bond, uh, Bernard Lafayette Jr., Diane Nash, Jim Lawson, who he learned from uh, about... Uh, nonviolent, uh, sort of the non the, the nonviolent sort of way of being, um, and and so many other folks. And the film also really showcased his accomplishments both as a legislator and and champion of voting rights, which I think is one of the things that it seems that and rightfully so he's most proud of or was most proud of. Um, and I think above all else, it really put out there on full display his belief and 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 ethos, if you will, and, and call to action to all Americans to get into good trouble. And so I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that today. But um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was a really yeah. good film. And look at just this tremendous uh, human and, and leader of our time. And so um, I'm excited to chat about it. And I, I actually want to, I'd love to watch it again. It was, yeah, it was that good. True. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. What do you think? What stood out to you? you yeah. Start? I thought it was really moving. Um, I yeah. was moved yeah. several times. Um, you know, it told the story of major parts of his life and, and I think it could have been four times as long as it was. Yeah. Uh, because uh, not that it, I wouldn't say it glossed over, but there was so much more to the stories. Yes. uh, I'm sure. So um, I think, you know, if you think about it, he could spend probably at least 90 minutes uh, on his time in SNCC. Yes. The Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, let alone his 30-year career as a representative. 30 years. uh, 30 plus, uh, which, you know, was a chunk of the film. You yeah. see a lot of him doing sort of campaigning work and stuff uh, in the film, but uh, you know, 
30 plus years, like you could spend more time on the things that he worked on or things he didn't work on. Um, right. They talk about in the film, a couple of things that he stood up against, yep. um, that went against the grain of, of some of the, the ways, um, people were moving. Right. Um, so yeah, there, there's so much life he lived and so much work that he did. Yeah. Uh, and I really, Looking at it and thinking about the film, I appreciated his work on the campaign trail in 2018, mm. um, going out and stirring up crowds to support first-time candidates in Texas and in Georgia, yeah. and I think a few other places, but Texas yeah. and Georgia are the ones that stand out in my mind. Um, he was in it. Yeah. He was in it to the end. Um, and the number of times he noted that he was afraid of losing the democracy that we do have, mm. I think, was directly connected to him being out on the campaign trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, because he felt like he needed to get those um, new uh, Democrats elected yes, um, to sort of hold off on the erosion of democracy that um, he saw happening from, from the Republicans. And, you know, I think there's a lot of evidence of that having happened. Right. Um, yeah. It was really the epitome of like, you know, he walked the walk and talked the talk, right? Yeah, he, he, absolutely. He believed it. So he was yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so his sisters at one point in the film said he was always busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which made me chuckle yeah. um, quite a bit. Uh, and it, it looks like he was just always working for what he believed in and what what he believed to be right. Absolutely. Yeah. And he spoke so much about that. And I think that was actually one of my favorite parts of the film was just the opportunity to hear directly from him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the man is just and was an incomparable activist and legislator and leader and and, and champion for civil rights and mm -hmm. certainly voting rights in this country, right? And so yeah. I think any opportunity for us uh, mere mortals to hear directly from someone like John Lewis, right? Um, and to learn from him is an honor, right? And, and really a way to deepen our understanding about why we do this work and why this work is important important, you know? And so, so I loved that. And I think one thing I'll say that's related is I loved getting to see those scenes that you talk about where he's interacting at these campaign rallies, right? And, and, yeah. and specifically he was interacting a lot with the <laughs> attendees of these campaign rallies, right? Yes. Like out, and outside of speeches. And even <laughs> there's an awesome scene of him at an airport, um, and, and talking about how long it takes him to get through an airport, uh, as you can imagine, right? And yeah, his son was like, <laughs> "How long does it take to get for forever? 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 Yes. Hours? <laughs> that it was takes us hours to hours. get through anywhere." Yeah, he was so blunt about it, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, and and what was amazing to me to see was like folks would just come up to him and shake his hand and hug mm. him and and thank him for his service, um, and you know for being the leader and role model that he was, and. I don't know. I sort of imagine him to be, and he struck me as this humble man of sorts, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of us feel this way, like this idea of like it's difficult to always accept praise <laughs> sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you, you know, I, I sort of thought about that in the context and juxtaposing it with some of the just horrific scenes that we saw in the film, and, and you know, and many of us know this, right? The things that he has been through, the brutality he's experienced as a civil rights activist and leader, and being on the front lines um, in so many ways, right? Like he 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 took a beating, literally, mm -hmm. right? And so, I think it was just really amazing to see 
get to see the praise that he received at the places that he went to when you compare it. Um, but, you know, again, I loved hearing directly from him. Right. And so I, I think I said this a little bit ago, but the film opened with him. Right. Yeah. You know, and he was talking about the fact that while he felt lucky and blessed to serve in Congress and that the country had made a lot of progress, you know, the nation, he said the nation still has miles to go. Yeah. Right. And as you sort of talked about, he was committed to this work. Right. And he was and he talked about being committed to sort of working to help the country get to the place where we need to be and needed to be. Um, and then there was you fast forward in the film later on. He said something just so profound that I wanted to share. He said, you come to that point, this feeling that if you don't do everything you can to change things, they will remain the same. You only pass this way once and you have to give it all you have. Mm-hmm. And I. It, it, that it to me is just so profound and it's just an incredible way to think about and approach what it is that we're talking about and doing here. And, and again, to, to, again, deepen our understanding about why this work is important and why we do it. So mm-hmm. there was just so much, I think, to learn from him. Um, and this film did a really great job of sort of just serving that up to us. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, also remember from um, the very beginning of the film as it's John Lewis talking directly to camera. Yep. Uh, and then I think the credits. And so there's this montage of, yes. of archival footage. And I think the next person on camera to speak um, that's not archival footage is Elijah Cummings. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So those are the first two men that we see um, who I think had both um, passed like mm-hmm. sort of relatively recently before this film came out. Yes. Um, so there was, there's something in that too, that I felt a sense of gravity watching yes. the film um, because they were the first two um, uh, sort of uh, new footage, like first two interviewed people yes. on the documentary. The um, and so uh, gave it, it gave it a sense of gravity. Absolutely. Um, Talk about another accomplished right. and another person. accomplished yep. person in our, in yeah. our lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that also stood out to me is not just um, the work that he did, but yeah. also the kind of um, person he was and, and Man. the dedication that he had to yes. the people around him. Yes. Um, so his chief of staff who was with him for years um, Michael Collins yeah. uh, told this story about how he had lost both of his parents in a very short period of time. Oh, man. Yes. Um, and they had an event coming up um, that was the signing of the reauthorization of the Voting Rights Act. Um, and it was scheduled for the same day as his father's funeral, Michael Collins' father's funeral. Yeah. Um, and he was like, John Lewis was at my father's funeral. Yep. <laughs> he went. He went to the funeral instead of uh, the ceremony for the signing of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, and I think that that moment told us a lot about who he was yeah. um, and his character uh, and what it is that he valued. Yes. Um, you know, as a, a person who's a chief of staff for a congressperson, it's your you know, right-hand person. Yes. Right? Like they're, they're with you. They're helping you manage your schedule and your priorities and keeping things straight and uh, making sure you're on time to the next event, which right. we saw him do in the film. Yep. Um, so this was somebody who worked closely with him um, for years yeah. and years. And uh, John Lewis repaid him, um, I think, a lot by, by being there for him and by being 
um, a mentor to yeah. him. I think um, Michael even referred to him as sort of a father figure, yeah, right? Yeah, which yeah. which totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lot that you could see, and there's a moment later in the film um, where there was a reunion for the staff yes. um, of his office uh-huh. um, who got together, and they um, they also like clearly just sort of adored him, yes, um, and really appreciated having worked with him, and um, also had all these happy funny moments like there's a moment that went viral of him dancing to happy yes um by pharrell Mm -hmm. um so yeah there are all these like little moments of also him as a person right um beyond the work um which i thought was really great yes um and you know there are also some moments in here that i think were really challenging to see and talk about um you know, he talks about the first campaign against his friend Julian Bond oh, in the late '80s yeah. when they were running for the same congressional seat. Tough. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot in that too that sort of challenged my the you know the perspective of of uh, being uh, a great friend all the time, right? Yes. And like, um, sort of, it seemed like some really. Um, sort of cutthroat moments in oh, that in yeah. that congressional race. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I appreciate that they didn't sort of sugarcoat that sugarcoat that, right? And they sort of showed us really yeah. their their campaign battle, right? Him and, mm-hmm. and Julian Bond. And there's an interview of the two of them sort of I think after the election and you know the yeah. the interviewer asks like are y'all still going to be friends like how do you feel and julian was very raw and honest about you know this he's still my friend and i need to figure out where we go from here yeah um so i i appreciated getting to see that piece but yeah uh the the moment with with michael collins it brought Mm -hmm. me to tears i mean to think about um losing parents and you know um john lewis deciding to be there for this really important person in his life and that was what was important to him to do in that time. I think you're right. It speaks a lot to his character. And that speaks a lot to the kind of person you are and you need to be in a way to do this kind of work, right? Like you see the humanity of people. You care about people. You know, we talked about the importance of love, Mm -hmm. right, in this work. Um, And so, yeah, I I appreciate that. Um, I think, you know, thinking about the person that he is, I love that you bring that up because, you know, there's so much in this film that um, is like archival footage and so much of it is about his activism as a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the film did a really great job in showcasing the notion that history can repeat itself if not unchecked, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something we've talked about here on the podcast, right? I've never said that before. Ne- <laughs> okay, it's, it's the guy. Familiar to me. It's the it's the other guy who um, doesn't sound like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah must, uh, <laughs> must be the other guy. Um, you know, we got to see footage from the '50s and the '60s, right? Of of John working with other activists to try to register black people to vote, mm-hmm. right? And the resistance that they met in that work. You know, we saw actual footage of you know, police beating folks and arresting them. You know, we saw the famous march from Selma to Montgomery, right? And the violence that John and his comrades experienced on that bridge. Um, You know, it's, it's always, that's not the first time I've seen it. I know it's not the first time you've seen it and, you know, read about it. It's always, but it's still so unsettling to (laughs) see that footage, right? To see those officers sort of push them down to beat them, to trample all over them. Right. And, um, you know, there are scenes of watching those folks sort of pick each other up after they've been trampled and, and get them to safety. Um, you know, that's hard. Um, and so 
And the, there was a moment of the film in, in John being interviewed where he talked about like being hit over the head on that bridge and thinking he was going to die in that moment, right? And so thinking about the notion of sacrifice um, was another thing that sort of came to me and thinking about sort of his life and his work. And But, you know, we know that those efforts and that, that those sacrifices paid off. But, you know, the film reminded us sort of right after that they cut to some news clips from just a few years ago that – you know, the same work that John Lewis did to get and defend the right to vote, you know, was being attacked across the country, right? And states, and we've talked yeah. about this on the show about, you know, states enacting various laws and tactics to suppress the vote, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that speaks to the power of a film like this and most certainly to the power and necessity of the work of someone like John Lewis and all that he did um, and all we need to continue to do to fight for social justice, to fight for what we believe in because I think there are always going to be, and I think he used this language that's coming to me like dark forces, right. Yeah. Uh, that want to take our rights away from us and, yeah. and do us harm. And, and I think we, we, as John would say and agree with, we, we can't let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, I think back to all these terrifying moments in the documentary um, and they connect to that opening moment. He, like when he opens up the documentary um, he says, that some people are trying to take us back to a dark time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we see the footage, like you said, uh, and images from the Edmund Pettus Bridge yeah. um, and and people being beaten at lunch counter sit-ins. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like you said, he, he said he thought I was going to die on the bridge. Yeah. Um, and he was in the hospital for a week mm-hmm. for it. Um, and then... Um, came out and, and ended up marching and uh, things changed um, shortly after that march. Um, but it's clear that the filmmakers and John Lewis himself and, and other folks who are in the film seek direct connections between yes. those demonstrations and that violence and what we're facing t- today. Yes. Um, and, you know, the, as you said, the rollback of voting rights and voting access, uh, the ways that the Supreme Court of the United States gutted the Voting Rights Act uh, in Shelby County, Shelby County v. Holder. Um, you know, all of that is happening uh, in the in the wake of and in, in fighting against the the battles that a lot of people in the film said we already won these. Yeah, and so you know, um, but the, 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 they're open again. The battles are back. The battles are um, yeah. Uh, what was what was amazing to me is how bleak everything seemed hmm. um, in those moments of violence, like how bleak it seemed on the bridge, um, how bleak it seemed when people in Nashville at lunch counters um, were being beaten by white crowds. Um, and then, you know, this is the magic of a documentary, right? right. It's, it's a shortened timeline. Yeah. But then not that long after those moments, those images of violence, of, of people being attacked, things shifted. Yep. You know, um, what they were demanding on, on the bridge and on the march uh, to Montgomery, they got. They got. A few days later. Yeah. Um, Nashville desegregated their restaurants a few days uh, into those sit-ins. Right. Um, and so things were really bleak, and then there were victories. Right. Um, and so I think that was amazing to see too, because it's it's hard uh, to see the victories right. sometimes. Um, and I think that if you, you know, the, I don't know, 
I don't I don't love cliches, but the night is darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Um, and I think that these were moments we saw like the night, the night's real dark right here. Real dark. Um, and uh, and then dawn came not much longer after. So I don't know. I try, I try to use it as a way to contextualize the things that we're also seeing here, too, of like these are, um, the, you know, the, all the things that we've sort of talked about in terms of um, current events. Yeah. On the podcast over the last year and a half, um, feeling real bleak, right? And feeling like you know, uh, hoping that people are, uh, we're gonna work together and, and find some shifts and find some wins. I love because we need them. We need them absolutely. Yeah, and it's hard to even imagine sort of things being that bleak, like to the point that sort of violence is being inflicted upon you and, you know, how you, the other thing that the documentary didn't really dive into, but sort of the recovery necessary from that, right? Like what, yeah. what work did John and his comrades have to do and the other leaders have to do to sort of talk with folks and convince them to stay the course, right? Yeah. Like it is one thing to, you know, it, it is a lot to ask of someone, right? To be beaten one day and to come back the next, right? And so I can't, I, I can't even fathom that and hopefully don't hopefully we'll never experience that yeah. but there's that's a lot it is a lot i mean there were there was footage of the of of john lewis and julian bond as young men yeah. walking around was it mississippi mississippi um walking around mississippi and, and uh getting black folks to register to vote and sort of promise to vote yes and we'll we're gonna we're gonna bring somebody yeah. we're gonna pick you up yeah. we're gonna take you to the courthouse we'll bring you right back bring you right back um and that in and of itself is a lot to ask in the context in which they were living. Yes. Um, when and where they were living. So there, there was a, there was a little bit of that sort of like behind the scenes work of like, just going door to door. We got to go door to door. We got to get these folks out. We got to make sure they're registered and then make sure that they're voting. Absolutely. Um, which again, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think again, it's all of this, speaks to as you brought up so eloquently his character right and i think that's yeah. a huge piece of this film that i just so loved seeing and you also brought up his sisters earlier and mm -hmm. i have to tell you i like the so the film features um interviews with his 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 brothers and sisters i think he was one of 10 mm -hmm. um and so i think we got to meet at least half of them i would say in this film yeah uh, i'm sure i think so I, I i did not do any research so i shouldn't say anything i'm sure maybe a few of his siblings have passed and um yeah he, he wasn't was, the oldest he wasn't the oldest and you know he was born in the in 1940 i want to say so um but it was great getting to sort of hear directly from his siblings and uh, they offered a, an amazing glimpse as to who he was as a kid yeah right and i think that to me made it made it pretty easy to see um how he turned into the man that he was, right? And the the leader that he was, the activist that he was. I, you know, he absolutely loved school and reading, right? And education was very important to him from early on, right? Yeah. And so it's it it also sounds like as a kid, his his siblings talked about like he had really big dreams, right? And mm -hmm. he recognized that education was the way to get there, right? And the way to achieve his dreams and his goals. And so, and and his siblings and he, and his parents as well um, were some of his biggest cheerleaders along that journey. So I loved that, and I loved sort of getting the glimpse into his upbringing and and the man he became as an as a result. And one of the um, 
one of the things that really stood out to me was this idea. They kept talking about picking cotton and I was like, what is going on here? Right. Yeah. But, you know, it was fascinating to hear from him and his siblings talk about talking about having to pick cotton. And, and that was because his parents were sharecroppers in Alabama. Right. Yeah. And so the, the family had to pick cotton as sort of payment for being able to live on that land. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that's one thing, but then his siblings talked about how they, some of them took on some of his load, right? They didn't want him to be out there picking cotton because they wanted him in school. They wanted him to focus on his schooling and they could see this potential in him and this love of schooling and education and recognize that he was going to go on and do great things. And so I thought that was just incredible. And, um, this idea of, you know, being surrounded by your village and the, and, and the importance of having a village that believes in you was, was wonderful. And again, just speaks to the, the man he became. Yeah, absolutely. There's another story that feels connected to this for me. Yeah. Um, where at one point his family did buy land, mm-hmm. um, and they were able to buy, um, I forget how, but it was like a hundred and something acres or something. Yeah. 110 acres for $300, which blew my mind in 2022 prices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, then they, they had their own house on that space and they, they were growing their own food and, and farming and they had chickens and they had a bunch of stuff. And he tells a funny story about chickens and yes. preaching to chickens. Preaching to chickens. Um, <laughs> but uh, he talks about going to, applying to Troy University um, and being denied acceptance uh, and writing to Dr. King yeah. about his denied acceptance uh, and Dr. King bringing him out and meeting the boy from Troy. Yes. Um, which is where he earned <laughs> that nickname. Uh, and... Um, deciding whether or not to file suit against Troy University or not. Um, And ultimately deciding not to because of the fear that Mm -hmm. uh, his mother and and other family members had of potentially losing everything uh, due to sort of uh, racist backlash, violence. Right, that retaliation, Um, yeah. Yeah, the retaliation from... uh, you know, white people from clan clansmen stuff. So um, that also, I think, spoke to who his character, his character as well, right? Yes. In in a turn, in sense of um, understanding that I can adjust what it is that I want to do yes. and what I need to do to make space for what my family needs needs um, yeah. to feel safe, to feel safe, uh, and, and to so, keep them safe. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I really appreciated that. Um, moment two when he was telling that story um i think on a radio program or something yeah but something like that um yeah so that was another another story i wanted to pull out and, and, and talk about for a second absolutely i yeah. love that and again speaks to you know family and the importance mm-hmm. of family for him mm-hmm. um all right let's this feels like a good place i think to shift and talk about application mm-hmm. um you know i think the biggest takeaway from this film and really from the legacy of John Lewis is his desire for all of us to get into good trouble. Right. I'm going to talk about that. Um, you know, when I think about what we talk about on this podcast and what we believe in, right. The, that we all have to engage in learning and unlearning work that, you know, to get to the place where we know we need to be as a society, we have to put in the work. Um, I can't help but think about John Lewis's call for us to get into good trouble and that that's what we need. That is what's needed in this moment, um, especially now more than ever. Right. Mm. And so, you know, you sort of alluded to this. We've been talking recently about 
the increase in anti-LGBTQ plus legislation across the country, yes. about public safety and law enforcement, about religious freedom and how that's getting used in, in nefarious ways, about the misguided attacks on critical race theory. You know, we've talked, we've even talked about voter suppression, right? Which was yeah. near and dear to, to, to John Lewis. Um, these tactics in, across the country, um, and so I can't think of a better ethos than good trouble and how necessary it is given the times that we're in. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a, a huge takeaway from this and from his life and his legacy and the work that he did. Um, and I think is, is something I want to keep in mind as we continue to have these conversations and, and, and do this work. Yeah. He said um, at one point he had been arrested 40 times Ooh. in the 60s. Yes. Um and five times since he'd been elected to Congress, um, and to get for people to get into trouble, good yes. trouble, necessary trouble, yep. is what he said. So <laughs> he also said he might get arrested again. Yeah, <laughs> and that whatever rally was um, at. I loved it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so my application is that there are lots of kinds of organizing. Mm -hmm. right? Some people are organizing with political campaigns, right. um, and that's their sort of main focus. Uh, some people do work with uh, legal issues. Um, some do cultural work. We've talked mm -hmm. about that here. Yeah. Some people do work on prison abolition. Um, some people are organizing for rights. Um, some people are organizing for the climate. Yes. Uh, and clearly that's not an exhaustive list. Not at all. Uh, but John Lewis worked in a few of these areas um, throughout his life, and we see that in the documentary. Yeah. And so I think about this in terms of longevity, hmm. um, of our personal longevity. The work we do today might not be the work we do tomorrow. I love um, that. But I think what's important is that we're driven by our values, our desire for positive change towards liberation. Yes. Um, this man's work was about confronting injustice. Yes. Uh, and then he was able to move into the government and expand justice in his career through legislation um through you know continued advocacy as a as a house of representatives member yeah um you know the things that are in front of us and the things in our vision things that are available to us change throughout our lives but we can still move toward liberation from where we are absolutely uh, we can still learn about struggles and then find ways to support those struggles um you know i said i think last week we can uh we can still take fights that don't seem like ours and we can make them ours and we can Absolutely. find ways to um, ally ourselves with with um, with people and become accomplices um, so that's my application is i think like john lewis we have to continue to engage throughout our lives in the struggles for liberation Yes, absolutely. And because he did. He did. He did. He did. And he is a he is a model for all of us in that way. And this film showcased that beautifully. Absolutely. I love that. Um, all right. Well, let's think about talk about homework. What do we want to do once we leave this table? Um, I think one piece of homework for me is that, you know, actually a little bit before we started recording, I actually found uh, the official handbook for the film on their website, the website for the documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, so the workbook or handbook, excuse me, is called the Good Trouble Handbook, uh, which I think is an app name, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I just want to read that. I didn't get a chance to read it. I just found it and was like, let me come back to this. So I want to read that and, and see what I can take from it. And uh, maybe and hopefully there's some good content uh, that we can uh, share on our podcast, but maybe that we can also use personally. Um, so I'll 
take a look at that. Another thing I want to do, I think, is learn more about some of the incredible legislation that he was behind. And so yeah. towards the end of the film, the, it sort of just rattles off some of the bills that he co-sponsored. Um, and as you alluded to earlier, some of the acts that he voted no on, right? And there are a few uh, bills in there, or legislation in there that I either hadn't heard of, or I, I guess I should really just say I didn't, I don't know much about, right? Mm-hmm. So I just want to continue my learning about his legacy and and read up on all of that. Yeah. How about you? Um, I w- there's so much to continue to learn about yeah. uh, in this documentary. I think um, from SNCC mm-hmm. uh, to Freedom Riders to oh, legislation, yeah. like you said, that he championed and um, helped get through Congress. Um, I don't, it's it's overwhelming. Yes. Um, yeah. But there's so much to learn um, about his life, about what he did, about his work. Um, but I think what what I'm gonna say is I want to learn more about the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Okay. Um, and the history of the organization, things they accomplished. Um, and there's a really great SNCC archive at uh, snccdigital.org where they have a bunch of. Um, guiding documents and archives of, of the work that they did and, and uh, photos and, and all kinds of stuff. Oh, so. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, we should look at that. Very good. Yeah. Um, all right, my friend, you're up next week. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Well, I'm going to bring a webinar okay. um, from our friends over at Haymarket Books. Ah, shout um, out, Haymarket. They hosted it back in July of 2020. Okay. Um, it's called Abolish- Abolishing Policing, Not Just the Police. Mm-hmm. Uh, And this is directly from the description. As we fight to defund or abolish police and imprisonment, we need to be wary of ways that strengthen other forms of surveillance and control. Drug courts, mandatory psychiatric treatment, and sex worker, quote, rescue programs might seem like better alternatives to our current system, but they still disproportionately target black, brown, and marginalized people, keeping them under coercive systems. Meanwhile, social workers, teachers, and medical professionals, while vital to a flourishing society, can't be called upon to simply replace police, Mm. thus drafting them into roles of surveillance and punishment. Wow. So it just sounds like a really great way to continue learning about abolition of the prison industrial complex um, right here on the podcast. Um, And seems like a, a particular conversation that we haven't um, necess- necessarily had a chance to get into yet. Absolutely. I love that. And, you know, like you said, we are fans of Haymarket Books around here. So Indeed. Uh, anytime we can engage with their content, I'm all about it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to watching that webinar and talking about it with you. That sounds great. All right, folks, with that, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with everyone in your life, uh, follow us on social media, check us out on YouTube, and certainly sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening uh, to me in this cold. Hopefully we'll be gone next week. Yes. Um, But remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. We'll talk to you next week.